the living feet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. We are going to talk all about the twin dilemma, but before I do that, I would like to introduce my friend who travels with me on my adventures in time and space, Taylor. How's it going? (laughs) It's going pretty good, John. I decided this weekend I'd take a little detour of my own uh away from the racing games that i normally play and i tried playing overwatch uh and i'm terrible at first person shooters but (laughs) i i've had a lot of fun good i am um do you want to know how many hours i've put in uh yeah how many hours have you put in i'm probably going up on five days wow yes that's because because they're doing like this little like here you can play it free for a weekend kind of thing and i've maybe put in four hours now go over to need for speed and yeah i've put in um oh gosh it's probably triple digit hours yeah it's it, a I um, playing it like in january but you enjoying it besides not being too good at it apparently oh yeah no 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 i i totally am enjoying it it's kind of training my brain to do something a little different and yeah while i may not be in a position to buy it uh, just yet, I know that we've got Fallout 4 sitting on the shelf, and no one's touched it yet, so I might I might uh, give that a crack next. Yeah, I've heard that's also a very good game, but um, yep. Overwatch is it's by far one of my I favorite like it. games. Yeah, it's so I fun. I like it, definitely. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's been a little while since we talked. I um, mm-hmm. went down to Disneyland for a day and then i watched um three days of professional wrestling it was a lot of fun and other than that we had a short week because we had uh labor day last monday Mm -hmm. but yeah i'm doing i'm doing pretty good excellent doing pretty good now before we get to something that some folks might not think is pretty good (laughs) we got a decent amount of who news yeah, we've got we've got what's on here, and I've got one extra little tidbit that I saw just this afternoon, totally as a fluke. So yeah, let's jump into it. All right. So the first one here is Peter Capaldi will be guest starring in the opening episode of Class, which is a fantastic move, I think. Oh yeah, I think that um that will get them the ratings. I almost you know what I kind of almost wish he was it wasn't the opening episode because they're going to see like a huge ratings drop probably. Oh, you know what? They might. We'll see. I would almost rather it be like the third episode Uh or the second, so you just get double boost maybe. I don't know. But um, either way, it's it's a spinoff show, so the Doctor should be on it from time to time, and... Yeah, I'm. I think this will get even more eyes on this uh, this spinoff. Yeah, here, here's hoping. I mean, I'll certainly give it a shot once it uh, once it airs over here. Depending on how we feel about it, maybe we'll we'll record a little mini episode about it. Sure. Just like first thoughts, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Hot takes. Hot takes of plenty. Hot takes. Hot takes. So this next this next piece of news is very exciting, and I kind of yeah. wish it was out sooner so we could review it but um the bbc will be releasing an animated recreation of the lost story the power of the daleks now the power of the daleks is the very first patrick troughton story Mm -hmm. and 
uh, I guess BBC, I don't know, they needed it for kindling or something. <laughs> That's as good a reason as any, actually. They they did an archival purge in the 70s, which I, I'm like, why would you do such a thing? But you got to remember, we don't, we don't, they didn't have, you know, digital storage the way yeah. that we do today. So it's like, look, we've got a warehouse full of stuff. We need to chuck it. And so they chucked it. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> they just chucked it. That's just like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I know film is like, heavy and you know takes up a lot of space but it was the 70s did they have didn't couldn't they have transferred it to something smaller probably not yet mm. they might have been able to go to videotape but that really wasn't kind of like ingrained until the 80s yeah oh well well we're getting um the animation recreation we have uh <laughs> seen the the trailer it looks quite good from i mean it was 40 seconds Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. It's a wilderness here. I'll take it. <laughs> and I believe they said that comes out next month, October. Oh, shoot. I think so. I think they're airing it on BBC One at some point and then either releasing it before or after. I can't remember. Nice. It's nice. one of those two things. And this third piece of news, we got some good. This is all like good news. I'm just. Yeah, we got some good juicy stuff this this, this week. Apparently, video has surfaced of Peter Capaldi mentioning that season 10 will start April 2017, which is is good news slash really, I still have to wait even longer. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, now remember, we get an episode for Christmas, so there's at least something there. Yes. That'll kind of whet the appetite, but yeah, having to wait all the way until April is going to be like, okay, this is going to be a really long first quarter of the year. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we also get Class, which will have Capaldi in it, and then we get the the Power of the Daleks. So it's we're, we're, we're getting stuff. Yeah. You know. Little sprinklings here and there. Uh, according to the Radio Times, four episodes of Season 10 have been filmed, and they're filming the Christmas episode next week. Great, awesome news. Yeah, that I thought was kind of interesting because I just had assumed that they had already filmed the Christmas special. I would think so, so they, too, but apparently they not. They tend to do it before filming the season, but no, they're they're taking a break in season filming to do the Christmas special, and then they're going to go back to episode five or whatever. Now, will is Bill going to be in this or not? Christmas special, so far as I understand, no, she's not. Hmm. So she gets a little time off, I guess. All right, fair enough. Fair? Yeah. Enough. And you, you said you had one more piece of news? Yeah, I did. I just happened to be uh, looking at his, I think it was Gizmodo uh, this afternoon. I've, I've got it bookmarked. But um, Christopher Eccleston was down in Australia and did an interview with a radio station in Melbourne. Um, and the nice thing is that the, the article actually has uh, a link to a uh, SoundCloud file of the entire interview. Oh, cool. And, and now Chris Eccleston is renowned for kind of like not really shunning doctor who uh since he's left it but he really hasn't talked much about it uh at least as far as i know and and one of the things that he mentioned is that he he really wished that he had been in a position to stay on longer he wished he had a second season because um it sounds from the article as though he was his portrayal of the doctor was being controlled a little too much for his liking. Right. Uh, and he he wanted to do a little bit more stuff to kind of make it his own. 
And he admitted he's like, I'm not not really comfortable doing light comedy. It's not what I normally do, but I felt like I was starting to grow into it. And mm. I would have liked to have had a chance to kind of take that forward forward one more season just to see kind of what what he could do with it. Um, so it was it was interesting to me just reading it. I didn't listen to the interview um, just to see that, you know, he's got these feelings about that role and his time with it. I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, that is very, very interesting. I didn't see that. I I wouldn't have minded a second season. I don't know. I, I think a lot I, of people would have liked to see one. But I mean, I think just the way he has since he's left, the way he's kind of talked about Doctor Who is kind of left it. But it looks sounds like he's coming around. I wonder if that because they were trying, you know, the original story for the 50th was he was supposed to be like the war doctor Right. Um, right. Exactly. Well, I mean, he was going to be nine, but it would would have been like ten and eleven right. trying to stop him from doing. I don't know, but that was the rumor, and I guess the talks yeah. went pretty well. So I wonder if he's just, you know, reminisced on that time and realized, you know, maybe I could have could have done a little more. Who knows? Maybe in the uh, the fifty fifth anniversary. Uh, yeah, we'll there get, you go. We'll get something. Maybe. And and I will I'll make sure that the uh link to that and to the uh audio for the interview gets into the show notes. Perfect. Um because that I I think is a, a really interesting listen. All right. So this week we watched yep. the twin dilemma starring Colin Baker as the doctor, Nicola Bryant as Perry, Maurice Denham as Professor Edgeworth slash Azamel, and Edwin Richfield as Nestor. Which yep. is basically master just with a with an E. Just, oh, I switch, about that. just switching those out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was, was it was written by Anthony Steven and directed by Peter Moffat, not that one. Um no, not that one. it first aired March twenty second to March thirtieth, nineteen eighty four. I was almost one years old. Good anyway, <laughs> We have we have a boatload of story notes, so Taylor, if you if you want to uh, hop on into these, yeah, for sure. Um, so apparently, Asmail previously met the Fourth Doctor, uh, during which Asmail got pretty plastered. Um, also, the the Doctor called Asmail the best teacher he'd ever had um, in technology. Professor Edgeworth uses the popular, at least popular in Doctor Who, transmat technology, but we also see a warp drive and a tractor beam, which are a bit more ubiquitous across sci-fi. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm sorry. Anytime I hear warp drive, it's just like, okay, come on, come on. Can you call it something else? Yeah. Star Trek did that, but you know, we got NASA calling stuff warp drives too. So, okay, fine. All right. Now, if we count the ever popular trial of a time Lord as one 14 part story, deep breath, the twin dilemma is the only six doctor story to feature the traditional four part format. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because this is kind of when they started, didn't they start doing like the two? They started doing some twos. There were probably some threes because I think, uh, wasn't revelation of the Daleks was just a two parter. Yeah, it was, it was just a two parter. I kind of feel like at this point in doctor who history, at least from the perspective of the BBC and maybe some of the production people or the higher up, production people they were kind of at a point where like yeah caution go meet wind let's just do whatever the hell we feel like doing with this show yeah this kind of seemed with this yeah this seemed uh, like an era of doctor who that was just kind of whatever i guess yeah pretty much 
pretty much. And I think uh, I think that shows at times in this episode, but we'll get to that. Now, when in 2009, readers of Doctor Who magazine, uh, they voted for their favorite Doctor Who story. Um, was it Twin this Dilemma one? Came... <laughs> yeah. Well, was it this one? Well, this one did make the list, John, but oh. it made it in at number 200. Oh. Making it the reader's least favorite Doctor Who story. So you're saying people didn't like it. I'm saying, generally speaking, people liked 199 other episodes of Doctor Who more. Wow. Yeah. This uh, dubious honor was achieved at about the same time that the story was released on DVD in the UK. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, the previous story, which we've also reviewed, The Caves of Androzani, was voted number one. Huh. Effectively bookending the charts. That's crazy. That's, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh man uh, yeah so we we have at least reviewed the episode that actually we've reviewed two different episodes that readers have voted their favorite both city of death and kids of androzani mm-hmm. and now we're now we're hitting the bottom of the heap oh boy and we're hitting it hard yes we are and lastly we've got an episode obviously here where we get to see the doctor pick out his outfit and some of the things you'll see in the doctor's wardrobe room are the second doctor's trousers, suspenders, and coat. Uh, the third doctor's velvet jacket and his checked cape. Um, Tegan, uh, Tegan's coat uh, and her shirt. Hey, now. <laughs> no, no. Companions change the outfits every now and then. Yeah. This is what, yeah. Um, we also see a rather farcical-looking coat with many mismatched colors, patterns, but the sixth doctor decides to be part of his new outfit, uh, along with a cat brooch, <laughs> which he starts rubbing for good luck, like right away. Yes. Um, and then I think we also in this room see Perry's outfit that she would wear uh, just a few minutes later. All right. Those are those are some good notes. This is hey. so far. I mean, this episode's been been pretty good. I I, I don't I don't well, know. It hasn't actually started yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Taylor, yeah, that was I'm, just it's just the notes. Oh boy! Well, you have a um, a world famous synopsis for us, so uh, I guess take it away, and we'll we'll oh. head on into the twin dilemma. All right, we'll we'll see how much fame follows me after this synopsis. <laughs> this one this one took some effort. The Doctor, newly regenerated and rather melodramatic, and Perry, having just been attacked by the Doctor, trigger warning kids, land on Titan Three, expecting not much quickly find themselves part of an old acquaintance's plot to remix the solar system. Along the way, they help a somewhat ineffectual lieutenant, makes me wonder where all the right tenants are, but uh, and defeat a slug dude with creeper tendencies. I wanted to, when you said it makes me wonder where all the right tenants are, I wanted to pull a, um, like a Muppets joke and be like, all the right tenants? Well, they're in a good episode. do <laughs> <laughs> No, all the right tenants won't come along until after the ninth doctor. <laughs> True. Hey. Hey, okay. there you go. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Taylor, my first note for the twin dilemma is I hate everything. And I don't blame you. That is, and it's funny because I'm looking at my notes, and I think you had commented on my notes as well. Um, I stretched real hard for notes on part three and four. Yes, I almost, your part three is remarkably short. I almost didn't have any... Like, I was watching it, and then I was like, oh, I guess I have to take... No, I don't care. 
Uh, That's kind of funny because I watched it uh, two parts each over two nights. And, and by the time that I got to part three, I was kind of like, I, I just kind of feel like I'm just going to watch and I'm going to just riff it. And I took notes, but a lot of it is like my MST3K style of like talking back. Right. To like, like my very first note is, well, the intro gives away the outfit. It, yes. <laughs> and it's, this opening is all Vegas bulbs. Oh my god! That just—it's when they when they kind of shoot past Colin Baker's head, and we're now in this tunnel of like Vegas lights. Yes, <laughs> like wow. So I guess we we start off with the twins who have names, but I didn't really care to write them down. A, a very non-pressured, very laid-back Romulus and Remus. Oh wow! Oh yeah, no pressure there. Um, and they're just—I don't know—playing space chess or something. With the bowl cut of the future. Oh my goodness! These haircuts, and they do that. Um, that I have a note that says these twins are certainly doing something. That's that's my note that for is them. True, and that is true. It's almost like they're playing like Frogger or maybe like Space Invaders. Space Invaders, one of those Oregon games, <laughs> or any any like eight bit game or two bit game. Yep. <laughs> it's an Atari 2600. Yeah, basically. So, I mean, we, we're set up with these twins. They are pretty smart, and they finish each other's sandwiches. I mean, sentences. <laughs> and and somehow they found themselves in this episode. Yes, they they were definitely in this episode. And yeah, that's smart. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about our newly regenerated doctor. Mm-hmm. So we are in the. We're in the TARDIS, and he yep. is, um, um, honestly, I almost wish he'd just been like, you know what, I kind of like the outfit I'm wearing right now. It just needs to be cleaned. <laughs> I thought I thought Five's gear s- suited him well. Actually, it did look pretty good. And it's funny because I, I know that Colin Baker has said, oh, I, I wanted an outfit kind of like Nine. Yes, he has gone on you record know, as just, saying that. Now, God love you, Colin Baker. Really, I props to you. But at the same time, could we have taken him seriously in Nine's outfit with that mop of curly blonde hair? No, it wouldn't have fit. I, 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 yeah, no, they would have had to have done something completely different with his hair, and I don't know what they could have done. What do you do with curly hair on a guy? I don't know. Just straighten it? I, no, you'd probably just no. cut it shorter. Yeah, right. But then I think that I gives that takes away some of his like appeal, kind of. In some ways, because the hair is great. I love the hair; <laughs> it's ridiculous, and it and it does go with the the rather blonde cricket outfit that uh, yes. Davis. Yes, it does. So this, and I, I almost I, we're not going to tackle this by parts. I don't think. I, I, <laughs> no, let's. I mean, really, let's just throw notes to the wind and just we'll talk about what we want to talk about, what we like, what we hate, and then we'll be done with this, and we can move on to the next story. Excellent. I like that okay. idea. So let's talk about just the... I don't think we've seen a regeneration like this kind of explained in this way before where the the doctor newly regenerated is half who he is and half an insane person. <laughs> I feel like that hasn't happened before. Now, I have not watched all of the the new doctor's first... Re- when they're newly in their regeneration. I mean, yep. 
We, we haven't ha- watched all the first episodes. No, I. Well, I mean, technically, we couldn't watch the first um, episode. Of, right. Yeah, because um, it's not out yet. So we'll see how That's that right. how that transfers. But I feel like let's see with Tenet, he was sleeping most of the time. Um, he was, but he also had moments where he was like. Oh wait, is this how I am? Am I a am I a cranky doctor? Am I a this doctor? Yes. So I mean, we do get yeah. the wonder of it. Yes. But in this, it's just like, no, I'm perfectly fine. But now I'm completely insane, and I don't remember doing what I just did. Sorry, but now I'm insane again. He is very, um, and I, I I will say this. I I will I will mean this when, with compassion. But I will say this, knowing some people who are bipolar, he is properly being bipolar. Yes. In this episode. Very uh, much so. And when, boy, when he goes off the deep end, I mean, he goes off the deep end. I mean, he, I understand, I kind of understand where, like, from a writing standpoint where it comes from. But, I mean, we have the, and it's like, oh, he needs to be real different. Well, how different? Choking his companion different. Wait, what? <laughs> like. This is this is totally where I'm like, okay, the production staff is like, you know what? You know, we got a handful of people watching these days. Let's just do something completely, you know, S-faced bonkers. Yes. And, I mean, the, the choking of Perry is just, it's unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's so, like, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to tackle it in the in the fact that, like, he, okay, so he, I think this is after he chooses his outfit, which yes. maybe, well, let's backtrack, I guess, to the, the Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> I, I personally like the Technicolor dream coat. Um, it's not my yeah. favorite, but I feel like it fits his character go, moving beyond this episode. Uh, as what, a manic crazy person? Well, I mean, beyond All this episode, I mean, yeah, I feel like it matched, because, I mean, this is like, I don't think we get this crazy of a six ever again, I feel like. Uh, without having watched every single episode of his recently, the ones that I, I do know, it's like, okay, yeah, he does, I, I hesitate to use the word mellow out because he's still quite arrogant and pompous um and and a bit of a know-it-all yeah uh, through the rest of his run but is he attacking his companion no no and and i and admittedly we both had ideas for podcast to go reaction videos to this particular scene we kind of talked about it and we're like okay yeah maybe we just need to stay away from this yeah scene. i just stayed away from it in general um, I, yours was I, quite funny though Oh, did you like that? I did. Thanks. We'll yeah, put it in was, the show notes. Yeah, that was the only other one that kind of popped into mind. I'm like, oh, I know what I could do. Let's show him going crazy, and I'm going crazy, and he's going crazy, and I'm going crazy. And then, <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> so he picks out he picks out the outfit that he is going to wear, which is um, topped off with the, the cat, cat lapel, which is... Yep, the cat brooch. Adorable. Um, Yellow... <laughs> and his I'm sorry. I'm, we're we're gonna debate this one but i do not like that outfit for a minute really i just don't like I, the blue one that the, the the blue one that he wore in revelation oh that one's like if great he, if if he had started there i'd have been on board absolutely i think maybe but, I mean, they like, should have done that oh yeah no i mean he he literally it was like like you know the the famous double rainbow video yes okay 
like if those two rainbows had had like i don't know very what violent intercourse together and then exploded <laughs> all over him wow what a that's description i'm sorry no I, that's I, great I, I absolutely just i mean i remember as, as a kid watching doctor who and, and seeing that for the first time and going i i just i wouldn't take this guy seriously i mean doctor who for me growing up was was my marvel was my dc he was yeah. my superhero i wanted to emulate him i wanted to to know what to do in every situation and stuff like that and and he does he, he's very smart he knows what to do he's got it together even if it looks like he doesn't and when you look that much like you don't i'm not going to trust that you know what's going on yeah no i hear I, you <laughs> i worked myself into a shoot here oh my goodness you sure did i did there you go correct usage of that so yes. he i know wrestling words <laughs> so he goes into this whole thing after oh and he doesn't like her outfit which i thought was funny because it was almost as ridiculous as his it Hers at least seemed kind of period correct for the 80s. And it seemed like something that Perry would wear. And I mean, it did. So. Absolutely did. But the way that he came back with that yuck, it's yuck. just like, I'm like, you are being an effing six year old. Yeah. And you are just being petulant. And I want to slap you. Well, and I would also like to point out like, let's talk about Perry for a quick minute here. She stood up for herself during a lot of this episode. And called him she, out on a lot of his garbage. She did. And I was actually, I was very, I enjoyed that very much. I, I, cause you know, I mean, this man had just choked her and she's still sticking around, but she's not like gun shy. I mean, she is a little gun shy around him, but like when he's being ridiculous, she's like, okay, you're being a ridiculous person. Please stop. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But I think in this episode, we also see the beginning of uh, Perry the Apologist. Yes. Apologizing to other people for his behavior. Yes. Um, the whole, like, aftermath of of the scene where he chokes her is is just this, like... I mean, it, it was uncomfortable for me to watch because yes. it really felt like... I don't know. I, I, I saw signs of, like, an actual couple who had just had a fight that went a little too far. And like they're starting to make excuses for each other and things are being a little dismissed. And it's like, I'm like, that is really, really, really unhealthy. I'm yeah. Like, that is not okay ever. And it it was tough to watch. And I don't know, maybe it's just 21st century and I'm being more sensitive to this than I should be. But eh. that really, I mean... This is his friend. I mean, like, the doctor doesn't do this to his companions. He doesn't lay hands no. on them. And I've seen enough classic who to know that. And I mean, and I'm enough of a person to know that you're not supposed to choke your friends. Yeah, not without consent. At least. True, uh, true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's there's all of that. And the doctor's response once he kind of like comes out of his, we'll call it his manic phase, um, is so like over the top melodramatic. Oh, what was me? Oh, I'm a blight to the universe. Oh, I need to put myself in exile for a thousand years. And you're coming with me. <laughs> yes. Cause Perry will last that long. Yeah. Um, 
and that I, I just I feel like the first half of this first episode typifies like what I automatically like what what, what my go to thought is for like when somebody was like oh well how'd you like the six doctors run yeah uh, it was like this now I mean how you you know how did you like the six doctors run I include the I include the big finish in there so I think I have more big finish um. I'm more familiar with the big finish stuff than I am with his actual on-screen stuff. So I well, feel like I'm a little biased in that fact somehow because, I mean, they totally improved on the character in big finish, I feel. Well, and that's that's what I've read, and that's, that's why I tweeted both you and Mike um, to be like, look, guys, give me some suggestions for some Six Doctor Big Finish audio because I need to, like, wash the taste of this episode out of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, the, and the other thing about the about this Doctor is, and this makes no sense, um, he, in the Big Finish and in the com- this was around when the comics were popular, they they mm-hmm. introduced Frobisher, who is, like, one of oh, my yeah, favorite one of your favorites. Like, yes. side yeah. characters. So I also, you know... There are a lot of big finish with him and Frobisher, and they're just great. And so, but that is not to dismiss the the abuse of your companion. Literally, which I could literally. I mean, I don't blame some people for being like, uh, I watched that first episode, and now I don't like that doctor. Uh, that is a fair thing to think, right? So, I mean, we will talk. We'll talk about this more at length. I think we should mention Professor Edgeworth. And he appears out of nowhere. Literally out of nowhere. There wasn't even like a shimmer effect. It was just like, boink. Here I am. And Here he, I am. he goes to the twins and he puts these melted like lime green lifesavers on their wrists. Oh, I thought they were ecto cooler tattoos from. Oh. Like, did they bring the high C ecto coolers back? Yeah. I still never tried one of those. Oh, they're very good. I know. I want to. <laughs> and Shout uh, out to Cast. <laughs> it kind of. It, I'm not sure. It was they kind of explained it like it takes away their memories, but it also puts them under mind control. There's kind of a selective, yeah, amnesia meets. Uh, you'll do what I say. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was which is strange. And well, yeah. Around this point, we see these weird like owl men. Okay. Yes, I saw your note, and honestly, I was like, "Who are these lion goat people?" And then, like later, I'm like, "These bird lion goat people." And if I was like, "Screw it," I'm gonna go look it up. These are the Jacondans. Oh, from the planet Jaconda. So they're they're Jacondans. They're Jacondans, and and honestly, of of everybody in this story. Of all the creatures in the story, because boy, we've got some creatures. Yes, we do. The art department did so well on these guys. These guys looked great. Yeah, they looked very good. I and I, I was almost, I was kind of puzzled because I'm like, this is Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is Doctor Who in the '80s. Yeah, and they looked, they looked very good, but they were, um, they were under the control of this. Mestor person who is a um, so before we actually get into into that character, I, I just wanted to point out the communication between Edgeworth and um, Mestor was amazing. I really liked how they utilized that kind of technology where it, it looks like he's looking at a screen, but we can see the screen on his face, or maybe even like the um, a hologram of that person. Yeah, you get this kind of overlay effect. I didn't 
interpret it as like, oh, we're looking at a hologram or we're looking, you know, through a screen. I just figured it was, you know, some effect that uh, uh, the production department was using to be like, oh, he's like mind controlling oh. him. And that's how I took it. But I like your I like your way better. Well, I, I only I only say that because I saw him take out like he, at one point he takes out like this little pen looking thing and opens it and presses a button. Oh, I totally missed that. I must have been taking notes. It was I, I mean, if you missed anything in any of these episodes, I I'm not going to I don't blame you because half half of part three, I was not paying attention. <laughs> and honestly, yeah. I don't think I missed anything. Probably not. And I mean, we, we talk about the doctor just. Being a ridiculous person, he we we get the introduction of um we're just going in the part two, we yeah, get do it. we get the introduction of Hugo Lang who's like a police guy and he was sent by oh I also liked that the um whoever's in charge of the twins I liked that the person that seemed to run like operations was a woman I thought that was really cool right yeah even though we yeah, didn't really no. get to see her much after that no she just had that little part and then we get a bit of Hugo who, you know, his superpower is apparently falling down Um, and holding guns up to people for no reason and holding guns up to people. Yes, exactly. Now it's been a little while since I watched guardians of the galaxy, but I'm looking at the badges on these space cops. Yes. And I, I didn't have a chance to do a side by side comparison, but I feel like these look a lot like Nova Corps badges. Really? I felt like they did because they had these ginormous, star-shaped badges and in my just my gut just went uh what did you have for dinner tonight no my gut went uh <laughs> those look like nova Corps badges so i don't know if they were i obviously they weren't exactly but if they were close that would be kind of interesting hmm. i don't know that is very interesting so uh, the whole story is they send like crafts after edgeworth and the twins, and right. I, I, they crash on Titan Three, and everyone dies except for Hugo. And the doctor's just kind of willing to let him die, which is another just like out of character, out thing, of character. Yeah. I yeah, just I I don't know, just very very strange. And there's just so much madness going on in this regeneration. And that's really, I think, the only, not the only way, but that's the best way to phrase it. I mean, it literally is, like, madness is gripped him. And, the, I mean, there's there's parts in here where he mention, he calls Perry Teagan, mm-hmm. and he seems very confused about it. They're actually also, at one point, the um, the Jacondans uh, corner them, and he's screaming for mercy. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just very... Just the indeed the madness of regeneration is something I can't drive home enough. There's just so much things that are out of character that it's almost to the point where we don't know the character completely. And and for a a doctor's a new doctor's first episode, I always really feel like those really kind of have to set the tone. Yeah, for the doctor's run in a lot of ways because it is the audience's literal introduction and it's crap for the sixth doctor I yeah mean, this is a terrible introduction yeah. I, I don't know if this was either you know uh, a bit of a writing genius by the writer to be able to be like oh well here i'm just gonna i'm gonna have him behave this way and then do this and then do this with the idea that down the road it's going to you know 
solidify and collagulate <laughs> yes. that it's going to come together um, in a particular way. Or the writer wrote what he wrote and the producers and the directors are like, well, let's have you do this instead, Colin. It, what? Really? Uh, OK. You know, and, and it was outside influences that kind of mucked with it all. I'm not sure. Yeah, there was some weird just writing choices in here. I, I love the scene where Edgeworth, the twins are like, we're not going to work for you. You're not our dad. Get us some milk or something. I don't know. I think kids like milk anyway. I, yeah. So he's, he's like, you can't make us work. Well, why don't you just tell us what you're, what's going on? And maybe we'll be more willing to help you. And he says, it's too soon to tell you. And then immediately sits down and tells them, uh-huh. So yeah. the writing this, this episode is rife with stuff like that. There's just so much like weird writing stuff going on and uh, I mean we we find out in episode 2 that Edgeworth is actually a time time lord which mm-hmm. is pretty crazy and his name is actually Azamel. Yeah. And he was actually the ruler of uh Jaconda, the place we're on right now and I guess the the whole master plan is that these two twins are so smart that they can bring planets out of orbit and make them orbit something else? Yeah. I've got a feeling that nobody in this episode actually understands how planetary physics works. (laughs) I feel like that's impossible. Let alone the fact that they're going to pull these two planets into the orbit of the planet that they're on, Nestor's planet, whatever one that one is, Slugland. Um, yes. And they're all going to be in the same orbit, but they're going to be spaced out a day apart in time. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Which takes on a whole new bonkers aspect, let alone the fact that you're pulling a planet with a state, I'm assuming stable climate closer to the sun. Yes. Is that really a good idea? We're kind of seeing how that's happening here. Without even having to get closer to the sun, I yeah. kind of think that's a bad idea. Yeah, there's just lots of um, bad ideas and bad writing. And um, Taylor, I'm no mathematician, but can you tell me how many combinations um, ten million million is? Uh, with or without going into scientific notation, I, I don't. I don't know. Is that just... how many is a, a million million? Well, a thousand million is a billion. Yes. So a, a thousand billion is a trillion. Mm-hmm. Does that make it a million bajillion? It's probably either a bajillion or a gazillion. Oh, somewhere in so there. it's somewhere. in. The, why didn't they just say 10 bajillion? Because um, they probably wanted to sound at least a little more realistic than, you know, bajillion. Well, I mean, we do have a giant slug moth running around thing i don't know what in the world now we talk about how how the design of um the jaconda is like pretty good and then we got um mestor who's just wearing like a weird helmet thing no he's got yeah he's got like a like a helmet converted into some sort of bug face he's wearing um some homeless guy's grungy snuggie (laughs) yes 
My favorite part is he has legs, but he can't really move around, so he needs like his little helpers to get him upstairs. You read and my stuff. mind. Oh, son, that's, <laughs> you read my mind. That's exactly where I was going. That's exactly where I was going. How funny and was that? How, oh, it's hilarious. And and how does he kill people with an embolism? An embolism. How yes. unnecessarily complex. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna give you a blockage. That's going to kill you. Well, I mean, we we did get really? the... Yeah, right? Well, it did kill a guy real good. He had a great classic Who screaming death scene. Oh, boy, did he. Wouldn't be a classic episode of Doctor Who without a screaming death scene. <laughs> oh. Uh, can, can, we, can I just, since we're kind of all over the place, because, you know, the Doctor's all over the place in this episode, can I, can I jump back onto the fashion bandwagon here for a second? Let's do it. All right, I'm not sure whether I should uh, touch on Hugo Boss. I mean, Hugo Lang uh, oh. first, or or dive into some of what Perry's fashion choices become later in the story. Um, but yeah, let's talk Lang first because boy, does he pick out like the most '80s looking windbreaker. Yes, what like is... almost downright sparkly purple. It looks real bad. Um. Yeah, that was that was interesting. It just I I don't even know. It, it's almost it's almost like they for some reason thought the show in general just needed more color. So they're like, wear this jacket, Colin, and <laughs> here wear this. I don't know what this is. Just wear it. <laughs> exactly. There was just so uh, much color and clashing going on. Clashing is the best word for it. Now Perry, I think she definitely rocked the poncho before Amy did. Yes. And I don't know how I missed it. I don't know how I missed it until this late in the story. But later on, her necklace is like one of those like wrapped gold chain, like a run DMC style. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, it's not like hanging halfway down. Right, right, right. Her torso and there's there's no, you know, Mercedes Benz emblem or anything. It's shorter, but it is that same kind of gold rope uh, necklace. And I was like, oh, my God, she's just why isn't she like rocking clamshell Adidas or something? <laughs> I don't know. She probably should have. That would have been cool. It would have been awesome. That and like a, you know, tracksuit. Tracksuit. Absolutely. Go back in time. Get some um, some oversized sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> and a bucket hat. A bucket hat. That's right. That's right. Doctor let's, said, "Knock you out." Let's talk to uh, let's um, let's talk to uh, Nicole Bryant's people and see if we can get her to dress up like that. Oh my God. And we'll we'll see if it worked out. That would be magnificent. So, uh, yeah. I, I also love that there's this this part where the doctor just is like, "Well, forget you guys," and just starts like running down a hallway, and he finds. Um, his fellow Time Lord and like jumps, he like steps up on this thing, jumps in the air towards him and just starts choking him. Forget a sonic oh, screwdriver. Yes. We just need to choke things. I, well, that at least works on wood, I think. Yeah, um, true. Uh, I, yeah. I, he, again, he's manic. He is completely looking at, uh, Asmael as having betrayed him. Um, because of what happened back on Titan three, where they took off and oh, because left he left them to die. Harry. Yeah, and this again, very obvious self destruct mechanism going. Yes, <laughs> Doctor, oh. what's this giant thing on the wall? <laughs> it's flashing. 
oh my god perry perry the companion <laughs> dr doofish mark you hit the self-destruct button um oh boy that impersonation sounds so much better in person than, than <laughs> your 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 impersonation of Perry is better than my impersonation of Dr. Heinz Stupid Parts. Oh, well thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so I mean I don't know, man. I, I really don't got a lot much left to say. I still have like a decent amount of notes here. Um I mean I'll be honest, I've hardly looked at my notes. Uh, there, I mean, there was a funny point where um, the doctor called uh, Mester hot-tempered, which I thought was funny after the last three episodes we had watched. Right. Well, and let's not forget the fact that uh, I think at one point uh, uh, Mester, I, probably talking to one of the Chicondans who's working for him, goes, oh, an Earth girl? And oh. Goes, oh, I, I hear they're easy. Um, he says, I find her pleasing. Part, yes. And I went, yikes. Well, yeah, because part four opens up after, ugh, after honestly, the past two episodes of having just the worst, like, cliffhanger reactions. Oh, yeah. Uh, ever. And part four opens up, and the Jukon's going, like, well, why aren't you going to kill her? And it's like, Mester might as well just have turned him and gone, like, uh, she's got food. Yes. I'm not going to kill her. She pleases me. She pleases me. Yes, that was ah, uh, that was very gross. God, yes. And I mean, basically, the doctor defeats evil, and that's pretty much it. And he he basically at the end of the story says, "I'm the doctor, oh whether God. you like it or not." Wait, 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 wait. We can't we can't get there yet without addressing the magnificent melting. Mester. Oh, yes. Yeah, so basically that, that we'll, was awesome. We'll double back a little bit. Mester decides he wants to leave his body and enter the doctor's body. And the doctor's like, you're you're dumb. You can't do that. And he's like, yeah, I can. And he goes into he goes into um, Azamel's okay. body and he says, that's not fair. He's an old man. And I thought that was really funny. Yes. And. I guess at this point, the doctor throws salt. I don't know what it was. There's just a big thing of salt on Mester's. Because he's a slug dude, yes. Yeah. He needs, yeah. Or he, like, he brought out a big like magnifying glass and like put it up to him. Um, I'm not really sure what happened, but he, he melts Mester's body. And it was like, that was pretty cool, I thought. It looked It was hilarious. It was like. It was like having the production staff build a mester-shaped volcano with the baking soda and the vinegar. Yes. And then, like, as he's melting, it's, like, bubbling out in places. It was, it was, it looked good, and it also looked quite gross. Yes, that's exactly, and sometimes that's the best. Yes. And, <sighs> I mean, um, I, because we, we, we also find out that um, Azamel has, uh, he, he has no more regenerations. Yeah, he's, he's at the end of his run. And, oh, and we also get the, the most puzzling thing for me always is they don't recognize, well, the doctor recognizes him, but he doesn't recognize the doctor, which is that whole Time Lord weird thing that I always get upset about. Right. Because right. those rules seem to change from time to time. Yeah, I think it's only consistent on Highlander. Yes. So he absorb. I, I guess he like he says he like exercises him, and we get this like weird black <laughs> wavy line graphic. 
Yes. He's we, gone. We basically, I don't know, we get some static from the control room and they make it do a little wavy thing. Yeah, so he's gone and then he's like, "Well, I'm I'm dying. I'm I'm going to die now." And he's like, "All right, cool." Um <laughs> Yeah, just all right. This was we watched this. <laughs> you, you know, you know what, John, you know what I should have done for my, my reaction video would have been to cut that scene where uh Nestor is exercised with like some ghost adventures footage. Oh my god, that would have been that great. Or just maybe just the audio from it overlaid it. That would have been great. And I mean, we and then, we saved the twins. Lugo's yeah. fine. He's going to stay behind and rebuild the planet. But I mean, he he appears to be doing it already by like brute force by just shoving his gun in people's faces. And can I can I just say with those guns that he and the Jukonans both were using when they actually fired him? That's hell of a fire hazard. Yes. It's also, like you don't get this like projectile thing. It's 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 like you've put like a little bit of a firework end of it, and it just it blasts and then kind of like fizzles up, and like the end of your gun is literally flaming. Yeah, I'd also like to point out that he got shot. Lugo did, and then he was just completely fine. Yeah, well, let's let's be honest. This was also the episode where the doctor melodramatically decided to exile himself and Perry, and then. Five minutes later, yeah, okay, that's not the plan anymore. There's something going on. Let's True. Take care of that. True. Um, and and yeah, at the end of the episode, we get the "I'm the Doctor," whether you like it or not, smugness. Um, but whoa, creepy smiles. Yes. What the hell was that? It's it, it's like, almost like they were just saying it to the audience. Now, I mean, I uh, I don't know what the reaction was when he was first hired on because i'm sure news broke and all that stuff so i almost wonder mm-hmm. if there was such a backlash that they were like well here you go you know that i i hadn't thought about that that would be a very curious thing to kind of research a little bit and see if that was the case or not so i mean i i don't know we we watched this it wasn't it it wasn't good. <laughs> we, we, I'm sorry, folks. We were not able to pull asleep no more with this. In fact, if anything, I think I think I'd rather go sleep now. <laughs> I mean, I, I I feel like the concept of the the madness of regeneration is a good concept. They just they did it very poorly. Oh, they they did it so poorly. Um, but I agree. I, I think this. I, I think this idea of a regeneration going a little askew and and having this. I guess it's more than an identity crisis, but yeah, literally having this kind of madness grip you, and maybe you're on the the brink of yeah, not turning into such a a nice character. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely could be done. In fact, I'd love to see new who actually attempt it. Um, because I think they do a better job of writing it. Yes. Um, um, you know, I mean, certainly this episode, this story um, could have gone down that route, but you would have needed um, kind of like a lighter plot going on to allow you to kind of have more time with the doctor kind of, you know, teetering, uh, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I feel like if instead of, choking perry he had maybe menacingly chased her for a minute and then kind of i just that we don't i think that would have at least made me feel a little better about this episode but i don't know that is just like 
not cool, man. That's not cool, man. Did I lose you? Are you still there? Nope, you were very much gone. <sighs> well, folks, the episode was so bad that Taylor just, just didn't want to talk anymore, and here we are. Just you and me in my thoughts. Um... Yay? Yay. Okay. That was definitely my end. That was like, so I, strange. I responded to you, like, are you there? And I'm like, yes. And it just sat there forever saying sending. And I'm like, ah. Um, okay. So I basically, uh, I can't remember where I was. So Taylor, we, we somehow made it through. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> and um, next time, we're going to be um, venturing a couple of doctors back. And we're actually going to be watching the very first episode I ever watched featuring the second Doctor, Patrick Troughton. We are going to be watching Ooh. The Mind Robber. Oh, nice. I don't think I've ever watched this one. And as I said, it, it has the Doctor played by Patrick Troughton. And it features Fraser Hines and Hamish Wilson as Jamie McCrimmon. Yes, I said yes. There's some intrigue there, and I, I, um, let's see. We have Wendy Padbury as Zoe and Emery's Jones as the Master. Wait, um, why did I think the Master didn't come along until the third Doctor? Well, he's listed as another. Oh my! This will be exciting. And I'll just I'll look it up. I'm just gonna look it up here. Oh, that's funny. He is listed as the master of the land of fiction, which is kind of a little bit of a, a giveaway. But um, uh, for some reason okay. here, he's listed as the master, which is strange. Well, it's shorter. How dare they try to trick us like that? Right. And in the Wikipedia, it says the master of the land of fiction should not be confused with the doctor's arch nemesis, the master. Yeah, really? Uh, you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. So that's what we're going to be watching next time. You can send us a message about how much you either enjoyed or did not enjoy The Twin Dilemma. You can um, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. It's at the Podcastica. Just hit us up on there. And you can follow me on Twitter at Team Hate. And you can follow Taylor on Twitter. At Apex Buddha. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and rate and review us as well. Just search for The Podcastica and look for The Gallifreyan Writing. And make sure you support the Y-Axes. They have been supporting us for um, almost since the beginning of NOTLG, and you can find them at theyaxes.bandcamp.com. Also, head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our Podcastica shirts. I think there's also buttons there. And get a mug. Yay. Why not? Get all of those good buttons things. Are awesome. Buttons are you know, awesome. John, yes. John, before we go on, there's one thing that I, I feel on this day I have to mention that's really kind of important. Yesterday, in my Facebook memories thing, it was two years to the day that my first episode on Podcastica aired. Oh, really? In 2014. Yeah, Robots of Sherwood. Yeah, I listened to that a little while ago. Right. Yeah, so I have been doing this with you now for two whole years. And I'm glad our anniversary episode was the Twin Dilemma. <laughs> God, Boy, that's, that, that's a bad anniversary gift. That's, huh? that's sorry, fine. Dude. It's fine. <laughs> it's, uh, I, 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 I like it because you got it for me, and that's all that matters. Oh. Next time I'll get you a bowling ball that says Homer. <laughs> 
Perfect. I like that. Yes. So that is it for us this time. Join us again next time as we dive into the mind robber and we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. Go into the um, um, when we go into the um, hang on, I, I 